1: what the key to the porn epidemic in the church is, meaning what is the catalyst that sparks change, what would you tell me? I've asked this question of audiences when I travel and I speak, and a lot of times the answers I get are support groups, maybe support groups for men, counseling for men, or say, uh, you know, reading God's Word or prayer um, those are, those are often the kind of answers that I hear. And I can tell you after 20 years of being in this ministry that the key to the porn epidemic doesn't have anything to do with men. Although I, as a man myself, I wish I could say I did. It doesn't have anything to do with pastors or even sermons. The things that I mentioned a few minutes ago, those are all critical parts And from my perspective, I would tell you that the key to the porn epidemic is the wives. When a man chooses to really get serious about getting help, usually it's not when they're single. There are plenty of single men who get into recovery, but usually what happens is they wait until they're married and they don't always or often tell their wives when they get married that they're addicted to pornography or whatever it is and then they maybe they'll spend 5, 10, 15, 20, even 30 years in bondage to pornography at some level and they don't tell their wife and then and then it comes out maybe she catches them or some there's some trigger event that happens and then the guy goes to his wife and he's exposed and Tragically, what we see quite a bit is the man will often sit there and do nothing. And we hear this story all the time from women, and he doesn't tell anybody in his church. He doesn't tell any of his buddies. And most American Christian men and most Christian American Christian women are isolated, too. They go to church, and they fake it. But meanwhile, what is happening is the wife has had her heart, heart torn open, and she's going to her husband and saying, Would you please get help? Would you please... Do something, would you please start making some changes? And and so think about this. It is most men do not get serious about getting help until their wife comes to them and says, You have to do something. It is the wife who is praying her brains out for her husband when when the truth comes out. It is the wife who is nudging him to get help. It is the wife that goes the bat for their family. It is the wife that keeps the family together when the husband is still trying to figure out if he's ready to get help or not. She is the big key to this whole thing. I can, even beyond that, I can tell you that when we've done conferences, there have been many times when it's because a wife went to her church or went to somewhere and said, we need to do this. We need to do something about this. And long before the men even have a clue, of thinking beyond themselves or recovery, the wives are already thinking this is a strong issue that's tearing people apart. And the reason why is it hurts them far deeply than it does their husband. So the wife has a compelling motivation to say, Hey, no, no more of this, because you know, this is this is like cutting my guts open. why is it we're not dealing with these things in the church? And let me ask you, have you ever heard a sermon? at church or a message at church that's centered on the wife of the porn addict. Normally what happens is even when the issue is brought to, brought to light, it's usually focused only on the men and only on their healing and challenging them, okay, you guys, you got to go to a group or whatever you got to do, and, and then the wife just totally gets sidelined. And, and adding to that, there are some ministries and counselors who advocate such crazy things as uh, telling the husband not to tell his wife for until he has six months of sobriety under his belt that he has a problem with porn addiction. I have a big problem with that because, first off, it can take some men quite a long time, quite a bit longer than six months to get sexual sobriety. Some of, some men, and I know this from, you know, working with men for years, sometimes it can take them several years before they get, you know, six months worth of abstinence. So what, what happens in those, let's just say it's two years, do you keep lying to your wife? Do you keep hiding from her during those two years? And this is a part of the problem because lying and hiding and deceit are part of the fertile soil that lust and all sorts of sins grow in. So... Until the man starts becoming honest, he cannot really even begin to have true recovering and healing. So today, I want to jump into what healing looks like for the wife. I want to focus on you ladies and what your healing, what your journey looks like. And right off the bat, I just want to say to you that, you know, there's got to be some of you who are listening to this and you're just about ready to lose it because it is very rare when the church addresses you personally. I had a meeting with a couple a while ago, and the wife just broke down in tears. And her exact words were, there are so few so few resources for the wives. And, and even the ones she had found before she came to us to Blazing Grace, I mean, um, sadly and tragically, we hear that there's a lot of bad advice that some of them get. You know, anything from... You weren't giving your husband enough sex to—you uh, need to submit to him even though he's a porn addict or just crazy stuff like that. So, ladies, I want to walk with you in your healing journey today and give you some some points to consider moving forward. And the first thing right off the bat is that isolation is a bad move for you. You do not want to stay in isolation— with all of the pain and the sorrow and the anger and the shattered self-esteem and all that you're going through because what happens is if you stay in isolation that you're what you're doing is you're bottling all of that up and it's like having poison and cancer in your system and if you let it sit there and eat you away long enough then what'll happen is that something is going to start taking over whether it's depression and despair or whether it's anger or whether it's bitterness and you cannot expect your husband to be the solution to your healing he's the one that that hurts you so what i tell husbands and wives right out the gate is um, ladies you need another woman who you can walk with and what that means is that you're in contact with them at least once a week And you're sharing with them from your heart what you're going through. You're sharing with them your pain, your anger, your frustrations. And, you know, you're pouring everything out. And then that person is listening. That person isn't trying to fix you. They're not trying to judge you. Their whole perspective is, I want to walk with you. Um, Sometimes they can help you see your blind spots. And if you're digging yourself into a hole of anger or despair, you know, they can help say, hey, um, but let's now let's start moving you towards some healing and what that looks like. And sometimes when we're going through pain or suffering and trials, what we can do is we can wrap ourselves around the wound. And then it becomes a part of us, kind of like saying, cancer, you're my buddy. And we you don't want to do that because when you start becoming attached to your wounds, they become a piece of you, then what happens is you you start bleeding all over the key relationships of your life and you start becoming angry you start becoming bitter you start depression or whatever it is just starts owning you you don't want that so for example anger is a place you want to visit but if you stay parked there too long then it, it'll turn into bitterness and once bitterness takes hold then it can turn you turn your heart into icy rock hard an ice brick basically and so it's critical for you that you find another woman that you can walk with once a week and that also has the benefit of taking the pressure off of your marriage because now your husband isn't meant to bear the whole load of of all of what you're going through he doesn't he doesn't understand how to deal with it anyway half the time let's be honest and because all of your emotional gyrations the what you go through the anger one moment the pain the next the crashing depression next to crying fits. A lot of men are just trying to find their way and figure out how to recover from pornography. So there's, there's a balancing um, challenge that's going on in your marriage for a while, and especially in you and your heart. So having a, another woman to help walk you through that can make a huge difference. And this is a big part of what we do at Blazing Grace. So we have a fantastic woman whose name is sandy england and you can give her a call and we have wife's groups by phone and she also does one-on-one counseling and so if you don't have somebody that you can talk to then i would encourage you to get in touch with sandy or you know i do counseling too but don't sit there and let this stuff eat you up and then one question uh we have quite a few ladies ask us is, who should I tell? Should I tell my family members? Should I go and blast everything to people I know at church? Should I tell my pastor? And so right out the gate, um, in most cases, I'm talking like 95%, the worst thing you can do is tell your family. Because They're emotionally invested in you, and they may not be able to see your husband as a broken man. They may just frame him the picture of this guy's a dirty, rotten sinner. You needed to go divorce him right now. And that that same thing goes with the friends that you tell. You do not want to tell anybody who does not have recovery and healing in mind for the road that you're on. There are plenty of people in and outside of the church who, as soon as you tell them something like this, the first thing out of their mouth is going to be, you need to leave him right now. And so what you want to do with that first to take that, when that comes up, you take that to the Lord. Lord, as you're on your journey, what do you want me to do with my husband? And what we often hear with a lot of ladies is, um, even though the, what they're going through is extremely painful, He will walk them through to healing. And if the husband's willing to also walk through the healing, then he'll take them both. But if you start letting other Christians or friends or whoever just start feeding poison in your mind like this marriage is over, you're done, why are you sticking with him? That's just like pouring acid all over your, your heart, and you do not want that. So you want to find a safe friend who you can share anything and who focuses on listening And for everybody who's hearing my voice right now, sometimes the worst thing we can do in the church is start throwing out advice, start throwing out Bible verses, start preaching at people and telling them what they should do. If you want to know how to minister to someone, right off the bat, focus on listening and just hearing their story and letting them bleed, even if they're saying some four-letter words you don't like let them be have their pain in front of you and don't sit there like an arrogant religious fool and go in judgment on them so ladies uh, you have to be very careful on who you tell and i would encourage you to ask god for wisdom on who you speak to <clears throat> so let's talk about triggers for a moment a big the two big triggers are well there's actually three fear anger and comparing yourself to others. Comparing yourself to others can mean comparing yourself to the pornography that your husband is looking at. I mean, what I mean by that is the women he's looking at, comparing yourself to other women on the street. Fear could be you're sitting at home at night, and maybe your husband's 30 minutes late, 45 minutes late, an hour late, And then the enemy hits you with this one little thought. What do you think he's doing right now? Do you think he's masturbating to pornography in his car? And if you bite on that hook, it can take you, it can spiral you down into discouragement or anger or depression or just, you know, wig you out in fear. So when when those attacks come, and some will come from the enemy. Some will come from your, own, from your own spirit, your own emotions. What we teach people, and this is in my book, The Wife's Heart, is what I call turn and connect. So what that looks like is we go to God and we say, Lord, here it is. Here's my fear. Here's what I'm going through right now. Would you please show me what you want me to do with this? I can't handle this. I don't want to hold on to this. Would you please grant me your peace and your rest? And Father, I'm going to trust you with my husband. I don't know what he's doing right now, but Lord, I'm going to trust you with my husband. And so when we're going to... Faith is the opposite of fear. And we're going to God, even just the beginning of that prayer is an act of faith because you're going to him believing He's going to minister to you, even though you don't feel like it at the time. So you're going to God and you're connecting with him and you're focusing on him and you're not fo- focusing on the fear. You're not focusing on your anger or whatever you're being attacked with. And you're letting him come in and minister to your spirit. And a lot of women who have put this into practice have found this to be an amazing blessing to them because you're going to be attacked viciously by the enemy. He's going to be trying to tear you up and tear your heart up any way you can. And each woman has a different soft spot, but with a lot of women, fear is really the big one. And you also have to come to the point to realizing that you are a spiritual warrior, ladies. You are not, your identity is not wife of a sex addict. You do not ever d- define yourself or your identity by what your husband does. So part of what we do is encouraging women to realize you are a daughter of the Beloved. You are a daughter of the Living God. You are Beloved in His sight. Your role as your husband's wife is honored in His sight. He loves you. He loves marriage. He loves your husband. He put the two of you together. And you're going to have to stand up and fight. So when the enemy assaults you with this stuff, you're going to have to stand up and fight. You're going to have to say, no, I choose not to fear God. I choose to give my husband into your hands. When the enemy comes to you and says, hey, look at that other woman walking down the street. Do you see what she's wearing? You don't look like that. And then now you're tempted to start comparing yourself. And then he starts whispering things like, hey, do you think her husband's lusting after her right now? And your husband may not even be thinking anything about this other woman passing you on the street and we do hear this from a lot of men that hey you know what i'm walking down the street trying to keep my eyes to myself and then all of a sudden my wife attacks me because she thinks i'm looking at another woman and, <clears throat> and that's the enemy playing you for and trying to keep you bound up in fear, and in comparing yourself. And you must not compare yourself to any other woman or especially to the, the images, the dark demonic images that he's looking at. You have to realize your value, your value, value of a woman, your value as a wife, in spite of everything that your husband has done. And so piggybacking on that, we have to look at who's your real enemy. It's not... Your husband. Your husband is a broken man. Your husband is maybe lost, trying to find his own way. There may be times when he lashes out on you, and yes, that is sinful, and that's abusive, and it's wrong. But at the same time, he's not your real enemy because at some level he will be in bondage. You are not your husband's enemy. You want the best for him. You want healing for him. Deep down, most men tell me they love their wife passionately and they want to be a part of their healing. So part of what we try to help you do is to see your spouse is not your enemy. Satan is your enemy, and he's trying to tear your marriage apart. And so you're, you're a couple at war, and you have to stand up and fight. And you, part of your identity, I would suggest to you, would be to see yourself as the J.L. of the Old Testament. She was the woman who in the book of Judges, when after the Israelites were conquering Sisera's army, uh, the general went into her tent and she pounded. She gave the guy milk to put him to sleep, which was very clever of her. And then he falls asleep, he's tired, and she grabs a stake and she pounds it through his head. That is you. You have to be a Satan slayer, ladies. You have to be a warrior and a fighter. And you have much more spiritual firepower and much more strength than you realize. Oftentimes what happens is a woman's been so beat up, she just stops believing she has anything to offer anyone. She gets beat up by the enemy. She gets she can get beat up by her husband. Sometimes she gets beat up by her friends. And sometimes she maybe even get beat up by the church, tragically. But no matter what, you have to keep standing up and standing strong and remembering who you are. You have the Holy Spirit within you. You are a blood-bought daughter of the living God. You have, his, you have all of his power. You have prayer, which is an amazing, powerful gift. Hopefully you have other women that you're connected to. You are blessed in spite of the, the suffering you're walking through right now, and so you have to stand up. You cannot let the enemy keep pounding you into the ground. Unfortunately, sometimes this also means with your husband you're going to have to set boundaries, so what I mean by that is, you know, if he's saying emotionally abusive things to you, you cannot sit there and just take it. You have to draw a line in the sand that says, you know what, you I am your wife. I'm You know, you don't have to say these words, but I am your wife. I am your gift from God. I am the most important person in your life. You will not treat me this way. And then there has to be a consequence to back it up, whatever it's going to be. And unfortunately what happens is a lot of men get so deep into the sexual sin that their heart goes rock hard and they take their inner misery out on their wife. And ladies, you're gonna have to be the one who draws the line in the sand and says, no, I'm not gonna take this. I will not, you know, allow this. And if you continue this way, maybe we're to look at in home separation or something else, but I'm not gonna tolerate this. And I'm sure you wouldn't have tolerated it when you're dating. You know, if you started treating you like that, you'd be like, hey, I'm out of here. And you have to remember that. And then let's talk about how trust is rebuilt. A lot of questions a lot of wives ask is, how, do, how can I ever trust my husband again? And you cannot focus on his words, no matter what he says. You can't focus on the promises. The way trust is rebuilt is when he takes consistent actions of recovery and healing over an extended period of time, one day at a time, sometimes one hour at a time, and he starts treating you better. You see him going to groups. You see him going to counseling. You see him getting him help. You see him going after God. You see him changing. He starts to chase you again. You start to date again. You start restoring the sex relationship in your marriage. Those are visible action steps, and it's like the Hansel and Gretel picture where you get one little crumb to rebuild on trust today one little crumb and then you choose to take that crumb that action step he took today and say you know what i'm putting it in my trust bank i'm going to choose to trust you and it it is all in the end it is all your choice it is all your choice to begin to take a risk and to expose a little piece of your heart again and say i'm going to choose to trust you And trust and forgiveness are two different things. Trust must be earned. He must earn your trust back. Forgiveness is oftentimes more of a benefit and blessing for you, and you need it even more than he does. Because if you don't forgive him, what's going to happen is all that poison, all that pain is going to start compounding in your heart, and you're going to start going hard, cold, and bitter. And, you know, in marriage, there's a lot of, I mean, that, that's the way marriage is. There's times my wife or myself, you know, I'll say something to her stupid. There's something, she'll say something to me. And forgiveness is a part of marriage forever <laughs> until the day you die. So, yeah, you're going to have to um, move towards forgiveness so you can get that poison out of your heart and off your system. So, ladies, please don't sit there and listen to my words. And if you're in isolation, do nothing. That will only eat you up. So I want to challenge you and encourage you to contact us and let us help you and give us a call. Thank you.
0: Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org, email us at email at blazinggrace.org, or call the office at 719-888-5144.